All right, what is happening? What is going on? Welcome into Sports Betting Daily. Appreciate you joining us. It's uh, it's been a long week, a weird week. I did post a podcast, like a an update pod, I guess, to let everyone know what the hell was going on, and uh, had some issues with the the microphone, the the equipment. So I ordered some new equipment, and I got a new mixer, new microphone, a whole new setup here in the office. And it was a hell of a lot more more difficult to put together. But anyway, we're back. We are should be back on a normal schedule now. I apologize about missing this week. What we did do is I, I posted a couple of replay episodes. So you have something to go back, listen to, and uh, catch up on some sort of content. So uh, we're, we're going to put a couple pods out today. I'm recording on a Friday. So we're going to do this show, which is technically like the Thursday podcast. And then I'm going to come uh, uh, right after this. We're going to do a... A Friday pod to like get ready for the weekend, you know, get ready for Saturday, Sunday, talk about the Premier League, some baseball, stuff like that. But on today's show, we're going to do uh, live betting and then I'll talk some power rankings as well. So uh, let's get to it. Uh, Live betting. Let's talk about live betting. I know a lot of you out there like to live bet. Uh, it's something that you're watching the game. You game's not going how you thought it would. Put a little extra on it. I understand that. So live betting is a big part of what I do. Live, bet, live betting is a big part of what a lot of professionals do, right? You've got to be tuned in live. But live betting and then pregame betting, pregame betting are very, very different. There's a lot of differences. The main difference and the main most important difference we're gonna gonna highlight today is there's no price discovery, right? It's just um, each individual book and their sources coming up with lines on the fly. You see, most sports books, they use a process. And the process, as we've talked about a lot on this show, is called price discovery. They put a price out there. Well, one to three sports books, let's say for like college football, put opening lines out there, right? And then they take action. They move the lines, take action, move the lines. And then it just gets kind of hammered into place, right? And then a bunch of other sports books open their lines and they take action or and they take bets and then they move based on the sharp bets leading up to the game during the week, right? So in the NFL and college football, you'll see lines move from Monday to Tuesday to Wednesday to Thursday to Friday to the weekend all week long. And you have several days, five, six, sometimes seven days to figure out what the best line should be based on all these brilliant bettors in the sports betting market hammering that line into place. Well, live betting is very different. You don't have the time. You don't have the resources. You don't have everyone else in the market to tell you what the right or wrong price is. So what happens is these sports books end up hiring. Well, one of two things happen. Either sports books end up hiring companies to provide live lines or sportsbooks individually hire someone to do it in-house. I would say it's probably more likely to hire an outside source, but that's kind of irrelevant. The point is here, we have an opportunity to pick lines off much more frequently than we do in the pregame. But you can probably see where this is going. The inherent problem is we also have to be able to come up with lines just as fast. You see, in the NFL and NCAA and, and all that, when I have when the market has a week from Sunday to Saturday or Sunday to Sunday to adjust, so do I. Right? So I'm making bets on Sunday and Monday and Tuesday and buying off some bets on Wednesday and I'm betting again Thursday. There's a long process. Well, just like the sports books, we also have to react quickly. So sometimes you have 15 seconds. Sometimes you have like five seconds to act. You've got to be able to know what to do quickly if you're going to jump on those lines. So that's like the main difference that I believe we're, we, the, that I believe we'd find between live betting and pregame betting, right? And that's the biggest thing that at least we're going to focus on today. There may be a few others here or there, but that's the main thing. 
kind of with that time sensitivity is the delay that we deal with when we're watching the game. Okay, so it's not just a delay that you get when you're betting during the week to wa- uh, uh, to figure out what you want to bet, and it's it's you know not as much time during the game. You have almost too much time during the game between what's actually happening and what you see at home, and this all has to do with streaming. Right now, even if you're not streaming and you're watching on live television feed, there's still like a 15 to 30 second delay. And it is even worse on streaming. And I saw a stat that 75% of people are streaming games these days. I mean, sometimes it's like one or two minutes. And if you don't think one or two minutes is a lot, just watch a game, watch an NFL or NCAA football game this weekend, time two minutes out and see the difference that can happen. Some drives end in two minutes, some drives score in two minutes. Watch an, watch an NBA basketball game and tell me that the delay doesn't matter there, right? So you have to know what's going on during the game. If you're going to bet live, you've got to have an understanding of what's happening during the game. And if you're two minutes behind, a lot can happen in those two minutes. So what's our solution to this? Only bet at commercials, right? Because commercials, especially when it first goes into the commercial, you can guarantee you've got you know, a two to three minute window to make your bets. So that's what I recommend. Betting commercials, because if you're not betting during commercials, it's inherently a bad thing. It's a losing bet because there's information you don't have. And when you don't have all of the information, that's not going to be a good bet in the long run. So that's all, another thing to remember with live betting. The delay is a really big deal, right? So price discovery, very different. The delay that you get just from streaming is a big deal. So you should only be betting at uh, commercials. And there's uh, one final thing that we have yet to go over, the game state. And I think this is the most important thing that the public sports bettors get wrong when it comes to live betting. Game state matters. What's going on during the game, what's happened during the game matters. Now you may say, yeah, no kidding, Tyler. Thanks. Thanks, genius. Game state matters. We understand. But a lot of people don't treat live betting as if game state matters. Let me give you an example. Let's say this is a hypothetical, okay? It's not a game this weekend. It's a hypothetical game. But let's say the Kansas City Chiefs are hosting the Denver Broncos. And let's say Kansas City is, I don't know what, minus 10 at home, okay? Let's say Denver goes down the field and scores on their opening drive. And it's now 7-0. A lot of people would say, wait a minute, the Chiefs were minus 10. Now they're minus 6. I want to make that bet. Oh, great. I got the Chiefs at minus 6 and I could have gotten a minus 10. Good job. Good bet. Well, that's not really a good bet because that's not the same situation, right? Pre-game, when it was going into the game 0-0, no information was revealed. Of course, Kansas City minus 10 could have been a good bet. Or maybe you thought Denver plus 10 was a good bet. But just because you may have liked the favorite, Kansas City, and didn't make the bet, now that Denver has scored during the game, it doesn't mean Kansas City minus 6 is valuable because Denver has a touchdown, right? It's like, that matters. That Denver scoring a touchdown matters. Game state matters. Everyone just says, oh, wait, I got a favorite for cheap price. Great, great deal. Not really. Everything's incorporated into what's going on in the game. So if a touchdown scored, that's being taken into account. If a field goal scored, if there's an injury, that's all taken into account to make the current price the most accurate price the books can come up with. Okay, so game state matters. And if you think you're getting a favorite after an opponent touchdown early in the game at a cheap price, you're not. You're getting the same price essentially as before with a factor now adjusted in. Right now, let's talk about how things happen, because with game state mattering, it's not just what happens in the game. It's how it happens during the game. If in our example, our hypothetical here, if Denver gets the opening kickoff on the 20 yard line, and they drive 80 yards and score a touchdown, and they convert a couple third downs and really look sharp, 
That's one way. But if the Broncos return the opening kickoff for a touchdown, that's a very different way to score. It's still seven points on the scoreboard. And a lot of sports books will price that seven points the exact same. Whether the Broncos drive very methodically or whether they just happen to luck into an easy, lucky kick return, right? The book is going to say, okay, Denver's up seven. What do we do historically? When we at home can say, wait a minute. That kickoff return was really lucky. That's not sustainable. Let's get Kansas City, which may now be a good price. But if the Broncos drive it down and it's a sign of what's to come this game, maybe the Kansas City minus six is actually not a good price because Denver looks a lot better than we thought they would. So game state matters and not just the game state, but how we got to where we were during the game. You know, if you're betting the NBA and this is a a crazy example, but just just for an idea of what we're talking about here to kind of go off the off the off the deep end. If in the NBA, you get a team that's up 9 nothing and all of their shots are like full court three-pointers, that's not sustainable, okay? But if they're up 9 nothing and, and it, they've gotten four, you know, easy layups and hit a free throw, a little different. So how things, ma- how things happen during the game matter and game stay really matter. So when you're live betting, you've got to take that into account. You're not getting a favorite at a lower price because they let up a touchdown and that's suddenly valuable, right? So a couple of things with live betting. One is no price discovery means we're going to have more opportunity. But because of that or with that, it's also harder for us to make prices live with the sports books. So if you're going to bet live, have a good way of coming up with a good price live on the fly during the game. It's also harder to bet live because of the delay, especially if you're streaming. So keep that in mind. If you only or if you only bet during commercials, you're going to really help yourself out. And then finally, game state matters. Game state's a very, very important thing that a lot of people overlook what happens during the game really matters is important, but not just that, but how it happens is very important as well. So, all right, let's actually go over some power ratings real quick. Um, I'm going to go over some NFL and college football power ratings. I'm just going to talk my top 10 and we're going to compare them to pro football focus and see what pro football, uh, pro football focus, PFF.com thinks of these, uh, or just compare them, right? See where they have these teams compared to mine. Now, I think PFF does a good job of boiling things down, getting analytical. They're one of the first analytic websites. So I really respect PFF. And uh, let's see where we're different in the NFL and college football. So let's start off with my NFL power rankings. I've got Kansas City 1, San Francisco 2, Dallas 3, Philadelphia 4, Buffalo 5. Okay, we'll just kind of go in fives, groups of fives. Again, 1, Kansas City, 2, San Fran, 3, Dallas, 4, Philadelphia, 5, Buffalo. Um, I've got about two points, roughly, separating all those teams. Okay, I've got Buffalo about 4.15 points better than average, and I've got Kansas City about 6.25 points better than average. Number six, we've got Miami. Number seven, Baltimore. Number eight, Cleveland. Number nine, New Orleans. And number 10, Jacksonville. Again, six, Miami. Seven, Baltimore. Eight, Cleveland. Nine, New Orleans. Ten, Jacksonville. Now, let me be very, very, very clear about this. These are not my rankings that I sit down every Monday and come up with. This is my computer rankings. This is what my computer gives me. It is very common that I'll see a team on there. I'm like, should Miami really be sixth? Is that a little too high for Miami? But the computer, <laughs> I that, look, if I start betting based on my opinions, I'm going to lose real quick in sports betting, right? I'm a very math-based sports better. This is a great example. So, you know, at the end of the day, I come back to these numbers and trust them because I believe in them. And it's much more about this than what I actually think. So uh, in terms of the actual power ratings, I've got Jacksonville, who was 10th, two points better than average. And I've got uh, Kansas City, who's number one, 6.25 points better than average. Let's compare that to Pro Football Focus. 
Pro Football Focus has Kansas City 1, San Fran 2, Philly 3, Dallas 4. Really no change in the top four. I've got Dallas 3, Philly 4. It's like a 0.25 difference. They've got him close as well. So really, and they also have Buffalo 5th. So our top five is really pretty similar. Uh, sixth, I have Miami. They've got Miami 8th. Not a huge difference. We've both got Baltimore 7. Cleveland's up there. There's not a lot of differences in our top 10. Now, here's a few big differences. Pro Football Focus has has the Cincinnati Bengals number six overall. I've got Cincinnati number 15 overall. Now, I'm not sure what PFF is doing because I still see Joe Burrow on their quarterback listing. He shouldn't. I don't think he's going to play this week. And if he does, he's not going to be anywhere near 100%. This has happened before with Cincy. They start slow and Joe Burrow starts the season injured and they don't look great so far. I mean, this is as of right now. These injuries incorporate or these rankings incorporate everything, including injuries. So I disagree strongly with the idea that Pro Football Focus has Cincy right now as the, the number six team overall in football. Big disagreement for me. And then uh, another disagreement, they have Green Bay, PFF, uh, 10th overall. I've got Green Bay, 17th overall. So I know they've looked decent so far, but disagreement there as well. So I think that's pretty much it for any major agreements, disagreements. Uh, you know, Jacksonville's close there. New Orleans is pretty close there. You know, I think they uh, there's really not a whole lot with the NFL. So I think we'll probably get more disagreements in college, but right there, top 10, somewhat similar. Now, what's different is... Some of these teams in like their power rankings. Um, I've got New Orleans about two points better than average, and PFF has New Orleans about a half point better than average. So it's a big difference there. So that's one difference. Um, let's see. The rest are actually pretty similar. And this is what you're going to get, right? Power rankings are going to be close for a reason. You know, if your power rankings are very, very off from the market, you're probably making a mistake in your math. So those are our NFL power rankings. Let's get on to some NCAA power rankings and compare those as well. My top 10 in the NCAA, I've got Georgia 1, Michigan 2, Ohio State 3, Texas 4, and USC 5. Let's see, PFF, well, let's go over that in a sec. Uh, I have LSU 6, Washington 7, Florida State 8, Penn State 9. <laughs> this is weird. I have Alabama number 10. That's very strange to look at. Uh, PFF, let's see, Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Michigan 3, Texas 4. No real differences there. Uh, USC, whoa. Okay, so I have USC 5th. Pro Football Focus has USC 11th. Maybe they're waiting defense a little harder on Pro Football Focus. I know they use a, a leftover or a kind of like a derivative of their uh, NFL model, so maybe they do take defense a little bit more into consideration there, but I disagree. I think that USC, look, what we've seen this year in college football is a lot of these teams are kind of scrunched together at the top. And, you know, USC, not a great defense, but this could be one of those years where you need to just keep up with teams scoring the football. I'm not so sure. But USC, I think that I've got them closer to where they truly are or should be than pro football focus. Um, Notre Dame, I've got number 12. PFF has number six, but it's not a huge difference in the power rankings. Honestly, one of the biggest differences between the college rankings and my rankings isn't the order of the teams. It's where they stand on the spectrum of talent. Uh, I've got Georgia right now about 28 points better than average, and I've got Michigan about 26 points better than average, okay? Pro Football Focus has Georgia almost 30 points better than average. Now, let's put that in perspective. What that means is Georgia's team this year is about as good as Georgia's team last year. To me, that's crazy. I think this team is at least a field goal worse than this team than, than what we saw last year. P- 
PFF is jumping the gun and getting way too excited about Georgia because of history, in my opinion. Now, I mentioned how the top 10 are kind of scrunched there, you know, all in one, or not the top 10 all in one, but like, this is a year where there's not that much of a separation. Usually it's Georgia, Alabama, and either Ohio State or Michigan, and then there's the rest of the field, right? There's usually like a seven-point gap. This year, I've got Georgia about two points better than both Michigan and Ohio State. I've got Georgia about four points better than Texas. I mean, there was a very, very close uh, difference this year in these teams. Now, here's where we disagree. Pro Football Focus has Georgia almost 30 points better than average. Their number two team, Ohio State, is 10 points worse. So what this implies is if these teams met on a neutral field, Georgia would be minus 10. If these teams played in Georgia... (laughs) According to PFF.com, Georgia would be a 13-point favorite against both Ohio State, or, or all Ohio State, Michigan, and Texas. That's too much. That's way too much. And I know Carson Beck has looked good. I understand it's, it, it's Georgia. But this is ignoring what makes data and predictions uh, happen, right? This is incorporating way too much history. And if I'll be honest, PFF doesn't do a great job with power rankings, but... I thought that was a huge uh, error that they made. Georgia's good. They're not that good. They're number one, but they're not number one by that far. By the way, if you would like access to my power rankings, my top 50, we have, I do another podcast called College Football Tailgate, and we have a Patreon on that show. Uh, if you want to find it online, it's simple. Just patreon.com slash college football tailgate. I post my top 50 on there every week. So you can use my power rankings and there's instructions on there, how to use them, how to incorporate home field. You can use my top 50 to make your own lines and use it for a smarter betting situations yourself. So that's college football tailgate on Patreon. If you would like access to my power ratings, my top 50 as well. So. All right, that does it for today's show. God, I feel like I'm losing my voice a little bit already. But uh, we're going to do another podcast after this, getting everyone ready for the weekend. So uh, we'll talk to you then right here on Sports Betting Daily. Sports Betting Daily.